Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Baines MMA, what's up? He's I think here, I was baby. just muted for the first 15 minutes, man. This is you uh, might have been. <laughs> I think nobody sent me a message. Uh, maybe I was. You're Holy unmuted moly. now. You're unmuted now. That's what matters. Well, yes, exactly. So we'll start from here. What's up, brother? What's going on? I appreciate you uh, joining me. Were you Dude. just fighting crime in the streets? I appreciate Anytime. you uh, hopping on. <laughs> just got to stop the corruption of what's going on outside the uh, the four walls and roof that we're operating under. But no, it's been a good day. Got home from work, had a euro, and uh, now I'm just ready to rumble with Ike. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, man. And I, I guess nobody heard it, but I was giving you high praise, man. I was giving you high praise, breaking down some Dustin Poirier. But before that, uh, I was giving you some high praise saying that the uh, MMA community known as MMA Twitter has a bunch of wonderful personalities that have kind of crossed that. What is that? The Venn diagram that we learned in school that kind of crossed (laughs) over from fans to personalities to being followed and interacting with fighters. I, I came across your lovely content because of the interactions with Billy Quarantino, the great Billy Quarantino. And I'm like, uh, who is this guy? And I always raise the eyebrows, the skeptical hippo eyebrows, as Mr. Brennan Schaub likes to say. And then all of a sudden I start seeing more content, more content. You are talented, my friend. Uh, and no. I could shine a little spotlight on you, but how the hell did this all start that you got on MMA fight? And, and this comes off. I, I see some sparring footage. That's what's inspired me to reach out. I go, he's not only just a talker, he's, he's a walker. So take <laughs> me through your journey. I put, I, mean, I try to put the money where the mouth is as much as I can. Um, yeah. So MMA Twitter came about several years ago. I actually had a main, which was suspended uh, a couple of weeks back. Just Bane's MMA was my tag. I had that for about two years and I never was active on it. I, I was much more of a bystander to MMA Twitter, just following fighters and different fight news. And at sort of the turn of this year, I became a lot more invested into esports. That's kind of my gig is the esports color commentary and play-by-play. And through that, I became a lot more authentic on Twitter. It was almost a, a externality that had occurred. And a lot of people seemed to enjoy it, right? I'd never posted anything um, now, right, with, with the somewhat small following that I have that I didn't post when I was smaller. Like, it's all the same jokes. It's all the same person. Um, but I think that esports edge has allowed me to be a lot more, um, I always say, unhinged. Uh, <laughs> that's kind that's of the word. brand is, is unpredictable. It's, it's always something new, something fresh. Uh, but that's sort of, I think, where my entry to MMA Twitter came from is through that space. And, and now just seeing all the interactions and people enjoying and, and kind of there's a positive reception to what I'm putting out there motivates me to you know, do it more. Well, uh, a couple of things. Uh, why were you suspended? Uh, <laughs> what do you comment on? And what the hell was that five syllable EX word externality or something? 
externality, positive and negative. It's an economics term. Essentially, if you're doing a supply and demand, let's say you're selling cookies, right? You'd be just looking at the price of it. But an externality is something that's unexpected. The smell of cookies could drive up the sale of it, but that's not something that you really factor into your chart. So it could drive up the, uh, the revenue, but it would be an externality because it's not something that's initially in the equation. Um, so that is a little, a little economics for everybody there. Word. Um, um but yeah so why i was suspended is a funny story it's actually not like negative i really monitor a lot of what i put out it's purely for levity just trying to make laughs and brighten people's days um it actually was the chase hooper thing so that was a repost i put that up um once again and uh chase had actually followed me we dm'd a little bit and he thought it was funny and, and we were just chatting a little bit um so i was like i was like okay cool i can repost it but i put it up on my main and there was one small difference in the verbiage when i put it up a month ago that i i, I corrected this time i said that we were fighting so i i pretended it was like a fake fight announcement and uh the two journalists i had tagged trent and um area hawani both of them didn't respond a month ago so trent was silent both of a month loose ago. gooses too they, yeah right they ghosted uh last month's post about it but a lot of people in the comments because i had said it was a, a real fight announcement even though it's me reporting it i i was like <laughs> i thought people would get the joke uh they didn't they thought it was real and so in the comments people were saying things like oh chase is gonna snap this kid's head off and the all i was doing oh I, I, I all i was doing was reiterating i was just saying right back to them what they were saying to me so if someone was like oh he's gonna snap this kid's head off i would just say back to them i'm gonna snap your head off and unfortunately twitter doesn't have a good ear for satire or comedy and so they thought that i was threatening everybody in the comments <laughs> and um that's uh, that's game set match for baines mma unfortunately permanent suspension yeah i've learned it uh oh too well that you need to throw on an lol which I, i've never done i'm just a haha yeah. guy or you have to throw on the uh the emoji with the the eyes crying out the, cry, but, the uh, laughing one you really make it explicit make them known that it's a joke yeah i'm i'm blocked by a lot of people and uh i was actually <laughs> suspended from attending ufc events for a long time because messages were misconstrued and misunderstood but I mean, I guess that's what makes fighters great. They're fired up, you know, uh, tunnel vision. Uh, they don't read everything they should, uh, those contracts they're signing. But, uh, and, and the, the final part about that, uh, yeah, well, that post was great, man. I like it. He's got the no shirt, the gloves. Like, I was like, oh, shit. I was I like, is he really thing. fighting? I was like, is this something I don't know about? <laughs> is, is this actually, is he actually debuting? <laughs> um, no, it's funny. I actually talked with, so uh, Big Marcel, right, is a guy who breaks yes. a lot of fighter news. And I DM'd him. And I actually hat. was trying, I was trying to get him to put on his account. I was like, hey, man, I don't know how much you Josh oh, around on the TL. Oh, my gosh. Because uh, I, I was like, bro, that would have been hilarious uh, to stage it on Marcel's account. And he was like, hey, man, like, I'm not down for putting up on mine. But what I can do is I can edit it for, for you right he was like oh whatever fighter you want i'll make a fake one uh and let you use it and i was like perfect thanks marcel um so it did it did look real i stood in front of my laundry machine and i had like the timer (laughs) on my portrait mode and i was like i had (laughs) i had the gloves and (laughs) it was a full full night amazing amazing and the the what what do you comment on you said you uh comment on esports what's the the esport that you're commenting yeah, um, so I do color and play-by-play for UFC 4 esports, that scene. So about is it like six. the official official stream, like you're the guy and, and you're doing um, it with somebody else? Or? So I work with the UFC affiliated league, which is the ESFL. Um, now they have two commentators, Bruce Lee, Rob, and Balian, who are all stars. I mean, those guys are like the oh, the creme de la creme of esports can't compete commentary. With Bruce Lee, Rob, what are they? I can't compete with them. And so they just did the UFC esports like summer series, and that was the official UFC one. But I'm sort of like the B tier, uh, the second string that I'm trying 
trying to work my way up. So I worked with ESFL, um, Primetime, UFL, GameKill, Agro, Cage Rage, a uh, couple others that I'm, I'm missing out on. I actually had a tournament. I had the Bain Invitational uh, in July, which was a resounding success, thankfully. And we might do another one later this year. So who knows? <laughs> now, who uh, do you get to hear the players as they're playing in the, uh, the esports uh, competitions? Um, players as in the like sound from the game or like the actual, the actual people that are fighting the, the people that are, yeah. Uh, using the, uh, avatars or the, uh, characters, I, uh, playing I, like, do you hear the players? Like, are they cursing at each other? Like, I wish, man, that's such a good, I wish that I could hear like what they're thinking about during the fights. Like someone gets in a bad position, rear naked choke is right there. He's just like, Oh shit. You know, I'd, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> like, yeah, um, I would love but... to, like people got to clean it up. I remember the, yeah. uh, I think it was during like one of the formula one or one of the racing esports games, somebody dropped the N bomb and he wasn't an N bomb. Oh, he no. was a, a white NASCAR driver and he got in a lot That'll of trouble it. for that. I don't, he took, have... he took NASCAR too seriously. He, he was like, this is a simulation <laughs> game, but I'm going to be real serious and <laughs> make it one for one. He went to the virtual <laughs> pit afterwards, virtual <laughs> beers, started like slapping virtual Daisy Dukes. He, he took it oh, serious. God. They had he to really uh, is... virtually ban him. The, the, he, like, he had some real champagne he was pouring over his career. He was just a character, man. Uh, <laughs> like, why are you talking like that? You're from Canada. No, it's I, I will say, thankfully, um, there is a lot, a bit of a gap between the competitors and the commentators. I operate in Discord, which is typically what a lot of the leagues do. You're just in like a chat, someone's sharing the screen, you watch the fights, commentate over it. I actually rarely hear the game itself, which is kind of a bummer because like I'm sitting here and it'd be nice to hear the punches, right? Hear the crowd a little bit because because like, you know, uh, but the problem is it's copyright. So it's difficult um, to some extent for some leagues to find ways around it. I think some do. I'm not too well-versed on, on how to find a loophole on it. But yeah, there's a lot of times where it's just silent and I'm like <laughs> just watching the video and, and commentating. But, you know. Can you give goal. us a little John Attic? That oh, video was to. fantastic, yeah. man. <laughs> Thanks, man. What's funny is that's kind of exactly how it commentates. I'll do it right. So, <clears throat> ooh, good left hand in the pocket by Chandler right there. Now advancing on Poirier. Dustin retreating back to the black line, firing off that Louisiana and left. Kenny put some hot sauce on Michael Chandler's chin. <laughs> So it's, it's like, it's kind of similar because there's a lot of inspiration. I love how Anna commentates, man. It's super uh, succinct, very efficient with his words and his vocabulary just doesn't end. I mean, it literally just does not end. I listened to um, his podcast, Anna Florian podcast. Definitely tune in if you guys haven't. Such a unique personal look at uh, John, Kenny Florian, Ray Longo, Ian Parker's up on there as well. And it's just, the dude never says the same thing twice. And that's my goal as a commentator. If you never hear me say the same thing twice, the same quip, the same little, um, you know, Bainism inside the octagon or whatever, that's that's me fulfilling my goal is never saying the same thing twice. Where does the Bane come from? I, I know there's a lot of association with the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, is that yeah. just you're simply a big comic books fan? Um, I, I was, I was a very large comic books guy. Um, when I was younger, I have a ton around my room right now. I had to move back to my childhood room. So it's a lot of deja vu going on. Um, but no, honestly, Benjamin so I button it. Yeah, right. Literally, bro. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's interesting. So I did Twitch streaming in November and back in November, I felt it was necessary to create a brand, an online moniker to operate behind instead of just myself, Ben Davis. I wanted distance between uh, who th that person who's streaming that character, because if I wasn't myself, if I was someone else, I get to really dictate and control who that person is. Right. I get to build that character. And um, obviously, Bane is pretty close to Ben. So I was like, OK, it's close enough. And it sounds cool. I thought it sounded cool. And that's really all 
there is behind it. It's not too deep, unfortunately. I wish there was like a deeper story. Um, like, oh my God, I saw the Dark Knight Rises and just was was emotionally moved and needed to in- integrate that character. <laughs> Tom Hardy's like, eyes, man. Right, yeah, right. Um, but now I just I just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> Can you do a Bane impression? No. <laughs> I could, I don't... Uh, oh, you were born at the doctors. There it is. I get a little bit. <laughs> oh my gosh, fantastic, man! Uh, so, with the training, when did you start uh, actually training? That was no joke. Some good sparring. I don't know if Thanks. that guy was blind and you were just like on point that I... day. You were the only one stretching in that video. But <laughs> seriously, man, some really good switching stances, uh, beautiful follow-ups, beautiful technique and combination. When did that start, and how long you been doing it? Um, yeah, man. So the, the, unfortunate, it's almost like a, it's great to show it. Cause I love showing the sparring footage. Um, I don't have a lot of it. My phone was stolen in May. And so all of those videos I didn't have on the iCloud. So like 80 to 90% of my sparring is gone. Those were all just from my Instagram highlights. Uh, but yeah, so when I came into college, I was a big fan of the UFC and, and Bellator and mixed martial arts as a whole. And I really quickly wanted to integrate further and kind of be less of a fan, more of a participant to some extent. So there was a club at ASU called the mixed martial arts club. And I joined that, learned a bit of the basics, wow. um, did some jujitsu in high school, but I, I mean, I, I never had like a, a base, never had a wrestling base, never had like a Muay Thai base or jujitsu base. Um, so it was all learning for me at that point. And then after a couple months there at the club, there is a MMA gym in Tempe that I went to called AZ Combat. And now AZ Combat, they've got people like Kevin Quicksand, Natividad, uh, Trevor Hot Sauce Smiths, a couple of UFC fighters. And that's where a lot of the training really just went next level for me. Um, the sparring classes that we had, the advanced MMA classes that we had, I did submission wrestling for about six months. And so uh, the JITS was, was so much fun to do. And Hussein um, was a member of the MMA club and also a member of AZ Combat. So him and I just got rounds and rounds and rounds. And uh, so I just, the, the problem, the reason why I looked pretty okay in the sparring is because I just knew exactly how he fights. And um, I, I got clipped. The first, the first clip um, in that little, the two minutes that I put out, he tags me a little bit. And that one got my attention. Uh, but that no, was, it was, I haven't done it in two years. I have, unfortunately, I got, uh, super busy. I teach on campus. Uh, I was involved in a number of different clubs and organizations, uh, internships, things like that, that just uh, my prioritization at that point in time was not mixed martial arts, right? It was a way for me to stay in shape. It was a way for me to have fun. But professionally, in terms of what was developing the most was those affiliations. And so I kind of pushed MMA to the back uh, burner for a couple of years and, and, you know, trying to get back into it these days. Now, on the surface, you seem like a very, very confident dude. You speak well. You look great. You're wearing the white gloves in sparring, which was a tell for me. I'm like, man, I was like, I, I always look at title gloves or Venom. I'm like, man, I was like, do I pull the trigger? I, the most I've gone now is half black, half white. I'm like, if you go full white, you're, you're sending a message and people kind of want to take your head off. Where, where does this confidence come from? Did it evolve from the uh, mixed martial arts training uh, or were you just always a confident guy since, uh, since your origin story in the dark night rises? <laughs> I, uh, so I was an actor for 10 years. So I was an actor. Oh. I was on an improv troupe for 10 years. I was a drummer for 10 years. Um, and a lot wow. of those creative endeavors, right. Being in front of people, entertaining people, um, you know, you have to be confident. It's, it's one of those things where, um, I think if you ask anybody, one of their biggest fears is public speaking. Oh my God, it's getting in front of people. It's, it's that the nerve wracking experience of saying something wrong or flubbing up or whatever. And because of what I invested myself in, and my hobbies and passions when I was younger, I just never really had that. 
And that's kind of just how I approach everything these days, right? And, and to everyone out there, improv, like improvisation is the number one thing that molded me the most in terms of my reactions to different social things, um, how I approach thinking about certain things. Like improv was so influential for me. And I really have to attribute a ton of my confidence and my persona and who I am now uh, and how I can be a, a character in an online persona to improv just because that's all it is, right? It's just making stuff up on the fly. So- we could, it's fair to say that your brain is on, right? You turned it on since you went to improv? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, For, and it's on right now, hence the, the glasses and the turtleneck and the blazer. <laughs> I don't want to know what's, uh, what's going on below the waist. I'm sure it's a party. <laughs> um, I'm wearing my shorts right now. Yeah, I'm really half. <laughs> I'm giving you a half professionalism and downstairs is, is very, so I'm going to go to a barbecue. <laughs> but my point is, uh, for me, it was, couple years inside a major radio station and adapting quickly yeah that was my on switch and i'm gonna ask the same question to you that i asked the great john attic i had the pleasure of talking to him a couple times uh i asked john when you turn off the mic and maybe the switch is still on and you're in real world uh, in the real world reality and you maybe you're around your family and your friends and you just hear conversations all the time. Yeah. It's like, you realize how bad people are communicating with one another. Uh, I'm, he says, I can just shut it off. I've learned throughout the years for me. It's like a transition. My brain is like yeah. fission in. Like I hear my father. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. You got to wait for them <laughs> to follow up. You're cutting them off. You didn't even listen to them. For you, uh, do you run into any difficulties as a broadcaster when you hear real life, real world interactions in the Trader Joe's at Walmart anywhere at the gas station? Does it like? Yes and no. I think I think there's um, if it's like a really egregious error in a conversation, I'll just like latch onto it and that's all I'll think about. But I have I've been several years removed from any um, acting or improv or things like that. So I, I've kind of doled that a little bit. I've, I've kind of doled it. If I was still actively performing and things like that and on the troupe, then, oh my God. Yeah. Back in the day, it was a 24 seven, just hyper listening and hyper focusing. And, um, <laughs> cause that's, that's what you're, you're trained to do. in improv is everything from the body language to the intonation, to how they're structuring sentences. And so it was a curse and a blessing because then, yeah, I'll completely, you're talking to people and you're just like, God, you suck. It speaking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, exactly. But somebody who does not suck at speaking, who is a very prominent MMA personality, and uh, I have respect with him. He, we've gotten into our uh, spats online and offline, mm -hmm. but he's, uh, uh, we're pretty cool. We're at a sh handshake point, basically there a standoff, go. like the good, the bad, and the ugly, Mr. <laughs> Luke Thomas. And yes. I just saw that uh, a post that I was underneath the thread and just I saw that uh, you got blocked for something. Was there something I, I did not see or that the MMA <laughs> fans did not see that you did? Did you send him a DM that you don't that you're not too proud of? No, I'll, I'll be very happened? I'll be very upfront. This, was that this, it? This was once again the Chase Hooper thing because um, I reposted it. And this time they responded. This time Trent went to war <laughs> with all of MMA Twitter and got absolutely lit up. Um, and Luke Thomas simply said, I did not report this and then blocked me. <laughs> um, so I would have. That was it. That was that was all Luke needed was to see a, a fake fight announcement. And then he was like, I didn't report it. And then boom, I got blocked. I made another Twitter. Brian Campbell. Brian Campbell. I don't like this. Brian Campbell. Um, I don't like this. 
I, I wanted to apologize. And that's, I sent out an apology tweet um, shortly afterwards because I was at work. I didn't have time to really keep up with what was going on. And so I apologize I to, to Luke, man. You know, I understand that as a journalist, things like that can be seen as credibility bursting, right? It blurs the lines a little bit, albeit the verbiage in my second post of the Chase Hooper fake fight announcement. It did say we're not fighting. I, it's very clear if you read the tweet, Ben Davis and Chase Huber are not fighting at UFC 268. So I don't know why Luke was, was so upset about it. Um, but, you know, I was like, look, man, I uh, am sorry. Boss, I appreciate, uh, you know, how you responded to it. I respect it. Um, so if he does unblock me, would love to maybe apologize again. But, yeah, I tried to make more accounts to DM him to sort of reach out and be like, hey, it wasn't intentional. But he um, – you know how Twitter does that thing where it's like you can block the person and then all the other accounts that they might create? Oh, really? No, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So every time I would log in, it would immediately lock that account permanently. So wow. I was like, well, I guess I'll never – I'll never have my chance to get Luke Thomas to unblock me, which is a big loss for me. And this is nothing against Luke, Ariel, Trent Reinsmith, Chuck Mendenhall, uh, Wagenheim's one foot in the grave, <laughs> or the Brett Akamoto's. Brett, uh, Brett is actually pretty cheery. But, you know, they're journalists. They're reporters with a mic shoved in front of them. You know, they see yeah. everything black and white, not necessarily a gray area. That's why I've been pretty closely following the morning combat show and you could see that uh, a little of brian the the quirkiness and a little of the curmudgeonness is they're rubbing off on each other like yeah he, he's basically like campbell show up on time actually <laughs> recite what you're talking about and it, uh, campbell's like luke loosen up a little but i think what you and the, the big wave of mma twitter are doing the mac Mallies, the brandon the tr yeah. uh, truth ashley phil the mma dude Booger beer, especially lately. I think you guys are bringing a positive light to uh, a platform that needs it. Is, is that how you carry yourself in the real life? Is it? Tell us, please, please save us all. Like, are you a positive person offline as well as online? You know, I try to be. Uh, I definitely try to be. Like I mentioned, I teach on campus at ASU. What I do is I teach an introductory business course. And that is essentially an opportunity for me to talk to freshmen about how to prepare for the rest of their collegiate experience, what things to think about, and, and ways I can motivate and inspire them to, A, I not need, make the same. I needed you 10 years ago, man. Right? Well, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, my motto is always make the most of it. And my life, I just want my life to be made the most of. And I need to, every day, um, I got 68,000, you know, 86,400 seconds, right? That's how many seconds in a day. You're going to sleep a decent amount of it. But with the seconds that you're awake, you have to make the most of them. And so inspiring, motivating, enabling people to go out and get what they want, what they need is important to me, right? Because I got I to gotta get back somehow. I've been very blessed, very privileged uh, with my life. And so it's integral to me that I... Uh, just try to spread that positivity and levity to others. That's the whole point of, of the, the shit that I post on Twitter, man, is a lot of it's stupid. A lot of it's dumb. A lot of it's quick humor, but that's the intention, right? I just want to make someone laugh. <laughs> that, that thing where you're doing the Billy Quarantino, uh, Quarantino things <laughs> with uh, you're wearing the headband and you're like, Hey, <laughs> I watched the thing at least three or four times. I was laughing each time. Like your comedic time is fantastic. Uh, That's so let's say it. you wake up, uh, Luke Thomas is next to you in the bed and you're like, oh, this is going to be a bad day. You were drunk in, in Vegas. You just yeah. watched UFC uh, 269. Uh, that's pun intended there. <laughs> and, uh, you're just not in a good mood. The whiskey has gone. The hangover is yeah. present and you're just in a bad day. What do you do to cheer yourself up? Because not everybody can be 100 for 100. 
I'd say, you know, if, if me and Luke are waking up in the same bed, the first thing I'd say is, is was it good for you? Did you have a good time? Uh, nah, make sure that. Just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, man. If I, if that was how I woke up, I'd be like, bro, I don't even know how to react to this. I don't even know what, <laughs> what reactions are necessary. Um, but... well, on. <laughs> no, I will say I was in Vegas actually. So I worked uh, as TJ Dillashaw's um, publicist assistant. So I was out there in Vegas with the team and I helped organize the after party and, and all that. And I don't know. I don't know if, I don't oh, know if you saw yeah, that That's one. a great photo, man. Snazzy yeah, no, mofo. Snazzy. Yeah. He's such a cool guy, man. Him and the team were so awesome. I know there's there's several, um, st- I don't know, stereotypes of what people think over the last couple of years with uh, the EPO situation. But I mean, him and the team are just really, really cool guys. Loved his publicist. Um, and so I was in Vegas, but I didn't wake up next to Luke, unfortunately. <laughs> but my, my point is, what do you do like if you're not clicking on all cylinders and you're yeah. having an off day? Is it that you got to find a gym? Do you have to go for a jog? Do you have to listen to something? Do you have to watch something? What What's your strategy to kind of uh, not stepping on the uh, out of the bed in the wrong way? Like, how do you recreate that positivity and keep it going? Like, if you come yeah. to a bump in the road, how, how do you move forward? It's all outlets, man. I mean, it's all outlets. You have to have outlets to express yourself and different channels that, you know, get you back to that positive mindset. Yeah, I I wake up many days not too happy, um, (laughs) which isn't some dark depressive, but like my day job is four days a week. Uh, I wake up at around five. I drive an hour down to Goodyear, Arizona to go work uh, 11 hours as an area manager at Amazon. And so that is a tough schedule to upkeep right now. Thankfully, it's temporary. It's going to be ending in a couple of weeks. But, um, you know, I mean, that is is hard for me because it's like <laughs> something I did in an internship and they really did a poor job of explaining what it was going to be like. And so every day is just, it's just like, man, I got to wake up and do another 11 hours. Was that where the Billy Quarantillo video, it was in that place that you're describing? I think so. Yeah. The fulfillment center is just a okay. warehouse that I work in. All right. Um, it, 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 can you put a positive spin on it? Like, man, because when I do construction, electric work, anything with hands on it, it makes me appreciate my hands off job, the white collar yeah. jobs. Is that the same for you? Like, man, I can't wait to just talk. Yeah. That's it's it's almost yes, and then to further that is I find positives at the job, man. You got to make ways, uh, you got to find reasons nice. to love it, and so the same thing that I was just talking about with the teaching. I apply that to the associates that I manage, right? I've got about a couple dozen associates and every day, right? Their experience is what I prioritize. Their safety, making sure that they're uh, hydrated, uh, making sure that, you know, they're, they're ready to rumble and having a positive attitude, like prioritizing them and making sure that they're all good makes me happy. It makes me good and able to deal with it. Um, and so to your point, yeah, you got to find ways, even in situations where you're not entirely pleased, even in spots where uh, it was maybe something you didn't anticipate, finding ways to deal with it and love it uh is probably the best thing i can extend because that's the only way you can get through it man 11 hours a day as i'm sure you know within construction is a hard task if you're not um mentally latching on and finding anchors to kind of get you through it 150 percent. i gained the most weight in construction because those long days equal (laughs) a lot of those food trucks Oh, oh man. my gosh. There was just as many naps as uh, work hours, but uh, <laughs> Dan Mahoney, my former boss, whatever, dude, we slept a lot. 
I, uh, I had some, I, I feel that with the nutrition, man. Oh my God. My diet's gone to hell. Uh, I had some donuts. <laughs> I had a five hour energy. I mean, my body's probably, you don't shutting need down. any more energy, dude. I, well, I, I, I need it. I gotta, I gotta keep it going. I gotta keep it going. <laughs> You're like if Joe Pesci had a kid with Jim Norton, man. <laughs> But you're, you're much, you got the, the less dominant gene, the recessive gene from either of those guys. Trust me. You look fantastic, man. You look fantastic. (laughs) But, uh, who's your favorite follow on, uh, MMA Twitter? Let's end on that. That's a great question. I had yourself. Anik, I gotta say John Anik when, when Anik followed me that meant a ton because um, he the video that I put out obviously with all the impressions was it's kind of a funny one I didn't anticipate that to get any traction because literally what it was was I was driving home and I kept thinking about how he mentioned that custody battle that both of those fighters were dealing with and I thought that was so funny um, and I was I was like what other things would he could he potentially say and so I just started thinking in my mind I was like oh Poirier lifeguard when he was 12 Gaethje being a lumberjack champion 80 years ago like just random <laughs> shit like that came to my mind um so i really didn't anticipate it getting um any traction and so the fact that obviously he quote tweeted it was was insane to me and then obviously the follow uh, a couple days afterwards it's just i don't know because i really want to break into that scene and get into actual mixed martial arts promotions uh with with commentating and play by playing color and you know a follow like that obviously doesn't I don't, I mean, that, that's not some sort of golden ticket, but it's, it's like, a, you know, it's just motivating is what it was, what it really felt like. So that one was good. Um, Mac and Boog, I actually am friends with them. We all went to 263. Well, they went to 263, we made up, and then uh, we went to Adesanya's after party together, which is a fun story. Um, <laughs> I went to the hospital later that evening, which was a great time. Damn, that's <laughs> the most instantaneous COVID ever. I, oh my God, dude. <laughs> I, it, it, down in Tempe, Arizona, a party city with a UFC after party. You got to, you got to guarantee people were coughing the next day. Uh, no, um, <laughs> when Nate invited everybody, I was like, I would have been there. I go, oh, that I looked been I, there. I don't see. I don't know. I don't know if I would have got a Nate's because a house party where it's like just him and his team. The thinking is like, oh my god, can't roll with the gangsters. I could see you're hanging out with some dudes with black t-shirts that you don't necessarily (laughs) trust with face tattoos. I could see you fitting in there. I I I have found myself back in day in some uh, peculiar situations (laughs) with questionable guys. Oh man, well, uh, what do you got coming up next? Before I. get you out of here man i really appreciate the time and like i said to start this you are uh a light on mma twitter which is a community and uh again you've kind of done that venn diagram where you've crossed over into a personality so for me i appreciate what you do hey ike man i appreciate you having me on today means a ton and the only thing i gotta say is esports baby esports ufc4 definitely tune into it esfl is going to be up and running with their next season uh midway through august and then all the other leagues on the scene there's so many hard-working men and women that are inside those spaces that deserve the limelight so definitely uh tune into the esports if you see it on the tl if you see a broadcast tap in it's sure to be a good time fantastic man Hang up on your end because I don't want to screw this up. I was muted for 15 <laughs> minutes. What a rookie mistake. Good. Maybe I should be on a five-hour energy, but ben, I'll send you one. Bane, appreciate it, brother. We'll have you on again soon. Maybe we'll do like some type of, I don't know, watch party or something Ooh. if you have the time. But oh. I do appreciate this. Seriously, yeah. Uh, enjoy the rest of the evening, you three-hour behind bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, like I'll talk to you soon. Take care, dude. All right, folks, the Baines MMA, Mr. Ben Esports, MMA Twitter personality. He does it all. When we come back, 
we'll get into some more UFC news. I uh, got to take a short break. I can't believe I was muted for the first 15. Well, second try will be better. I will recap for you. Uh, Dustin Poirier announcing that he may or may not retire following his UFC upcoming title fight against Charles Oliver. I can't believe I was muted. What a rookie mistake. What a stupid, stupid rookie mistake. Oh, am I still on? Commercial time. Yo, what's up, everybody? Your boy, Ike Feldman from the Ike Dagon, of course. Want you guys to know about a fantastic company who I've worked with. They do great service. Anything you're looking for, party rentals, the most versatile selection of tents, tables, bounce houses, and other concessions to elevate your party experience. They're licensed and insured. Who am I talking about? Long Island Finest Party Rentals. Strong Islanders, I know you like to party. We like to party. We like, we like to party. That's right. Slushy machines, popcorn machines, everything you're looking for and more to make your summer bash amazing. And the summer in a great way, in a good way, an amazing way. Make your summer a memorable one with an amazing party thrown by Long Island Finest Party Rentals. You guys can find them anywhere, Instagram, Facebook. Their number is 631-314-2863. Again, 631-314-2863. Tell them your boy Ike sent you. Did you hydrate? Good. Get ready for another round inside the Octagon. All right. We got a couple minutes. Still can't believe I freaking, freaking was muted for the first 15 minutes. Well, it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. It was an advertisement for Fight Island Gear. Go to UFC.com to get all your UFC gear. Uh, it's cheap stuff uh, for the Reebok gear. The Venom stuff is not as cheap, but still quality as always. Guys, I don't know if you heard that liner. Well, thanks again for the time. The Baines MMA. Appreciate it, brother. It doesn't matter if you muted yourself. He's fantastic. Yes. Thank you. Baines, the man, great insight, great stories, great humor. Follow this guy. He's talented. Don't block him, please. He's excellent young broadcaster. Can't wait to see what's next for him. But did you guys listen to the liner? Did you listen to it? The, the, the voice God who says, stay hydrated, that guy. Well, a guy who says that a lot. Mr. Dustin the Diamond Poirier, he's always preaching to stay hydrated. And the segue here is that he is hinting at retiring. Dustin Poirier 
since he moved up to 155 pounds back in, I think it was September 2016, went on a freaking tear at 155 pounds. Uh, actually pulled it up. Let's see. Oh, I forgot about it. Jim Miller, Eddie Alvarez, Anthony Pettis, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez again, Max Holloway, only lost to Khabib. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. Then the amazing, amazing fight, one of the fights of the year in 2020 against Dan Hooker, the comeback fight, lost the first two rounds and then came back three strong. Steve Aoki was tweeting about it, so you know it was good. Then beat your boy, Conor McGregor, twice, X. Put some respect on Dustin Poirier's name. He might be the second greatest lightweight of all time. Wow. I mean, Khabib, of course, but Dustin Poirier, who just became a lightweight less than five years ago, is probably the number two lightweight of all time. And now he's hinting at retirement. I think he's only 32. He's saying that if he wins the belt, Whenever he's scheduled to fight Charles Oliveira, the great Charles Oliveira, who has the most, the king of submissions for the UFC. Whenever that happens, if Poirier puts his hands on him, he's not going to submit Oliveira. If he submits him, holy moly, the world's upside down and I have a call fix. But Dustin Poirier, if he wins, is hinting at retirement, going out on top, and we don't get that fourth fight against Conor McGregor. Hallelujah. But It'd be pretty crazy to have the one and two uh, greatest lightweights of all time to be retiring within uh, maybe 12 to 15 months of each other. So appreciate him while he's here. Guys, he's put on major, 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 major wars with Max Holloway, Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, Dan Hooker. Appreciate him while he's here. And I hope the UFC and ESPN promotes him properly in this fight, promotes both these guys in this fight. I said this earlier, you're not having Conor McGregor, Khabib, GSP, Michael Chandler, even Michael Chandler, even Tony Ferguson. You're not having any of those fighters in this lightweight title fight. The A-side is Dustin Poirier, who a lot of people consider extremely boring. The A-side is Dustin Poirier. So it's up to ESPN and the UFC to promote him properly because the story is fantastic. If you have not seen Fightville, thank you to Ariel Hawani who promoted Fightville and put it out there. It's an amazing documentary that centers around Dustin Poirier, but also centers around his teammate and the gym. The head coach, the sensei of Dustin Poirier's gym is very inspirational and it's, it's hardcore MMA. It's back-in-the-day MMA. Back-in-the-day MMA is about 10, 15 years ago. It, crazy enough to say that, but it was hardcore MMA. No rest days, gym wars, beatdowns. And Dustin Poirier was able to navigate his tough environment, his tough gym, and obviously paid off, made it to the UFC. The documentary shows zero UFC fights, unlike the Notorious documentary, but it's fantastic. Dustin Poirier has not changed. He is the same cool, laid back, quiet dude on camera and it, uh, and leaves it all in the cage. And you got to appreciate a fighter like that. So he's facing a guy who's also has, uh, from humble beginnings. Charles Oliveira du Bronx is from the favelas of Brazil, barely speaks English, has been up and down weight divisions, set UFC records, and has finally been on a tear. I think he's 
won eight straight fights when he defeated Michael Chandler. Holy moly, that was a crazy fight, and he's been on a crazy ride. So you got two guys that are literally action-packed, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger in the cage, but outside of the cage, they are... Who's a bland actor? I guess they would be like a... Who's really boring? Who's really boring? Really boring. They'd be like a... I mean, I find Lex Friedman enjoyable and listenable. I do, but for the majority uh, majority public, Lex Friedman's extremely boring. Uh, That's basically who Dustin Poirier and uh, Charles Oliveira resemble outside of the cage so the ufc needs to do a good job at putting a suit shaving their heads and making them look cool like lex friedman and making them entertainment because at their core there is talent obviously lex friedman is a borderline super genius mit elon musk right hand man fantastic interviews black belt in multiple disciplines expert podcaster at this point the talent's there It's just how it's marketed. It's not who you know, it's who you blow. I'm just kidding. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And Lex Friedman has great connections, like I said, Elon Musk and Joe Rogan and so on and so forth. So the UFC and ESPN, that's their Joe Rogan and Elon Musk for Poirier and Oliveira. They should promote them. They should make it better. Uh, The fight. Should be extremely hyped. Francis Ngannou, very good at speaking English, not great at selling. He has cute one-liners, but he's not exactly the the best fight salesman for prize fighting. Conor McGregor, number one. Tito Ortiz, Chael Sonnen, they're up there. Ken Shamrock, Francis Ngannou, Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliver. They're cute. They're smart. They're more of the samurai martial artists. And I still have not seen ESPN, the ESPN era since January 2019, market the samurai like the Leota Machida, like the quiet guy, the Steven Seagal guy. I haven't seen them market them perfectly yet. And this is a perfect fight to do it. You got history. The guy destroyed Conor McGregor. The other guy has the most submissions in UFC history, and he's under 35. And they're fighting each other for a belt to decide who. This could be a fight for who's the second greatest lightweight of all time in the UFC. And nobody cares about it. They care about the other fights I'm going to get into. Seriously, they don't care about this. They care more about Sean Strickland care more about Robbie Lawler, Nate Diaz, uh, Nick Diaz, Maka, Maka who? Makarena Makachev versus RDA. They care more about Kai Kara France facing Cody Garbrandt in the new weight division. Some drunk named Paulo Costa, some guy who can't put his shorts on correctly in Vitor Re, <laughs> Marvin Vittori, and somebody who can't make weight multiple times and is the first flyweight women's flyweight champion, Nico Montagna. They care more about those storylines. A guy who hasn't even touched gold. More than Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira. It's crazy. So what are we in this for, MMA Twitter? 
Are we in this for the laughs and the giggles, the likes and the retweets? Yeah, maybe that's cool. That's fun. That's that's the uh, that's the film crew coming down to the gym to film during a fight camp. What I'm here for is for fight night, the Saturday nights. I don't like to do watch parties or live broadcasts on fight night because I'm concentrating. I'm watching the fights. I'm studying the fights. I'm losing money while I'm watching them. And I can't watch it with people. I'm too anxious. I'm too excited. I can live and die with these guys and girls as they prepare for their fights, as they step on the scale, as they step into the cage, as they are ready to rock and roll. But yet, that's not what sells. Amanda Nunes has got more attention for catching coronavirus than knocking out Megan Anderson and putting a whooping on Felicia Spencer and Jermaine Durandamy in her previous fights. It's COVID UFC fighter. It's not the greatest women's fighter of all time, a fighter who could probably knock out a man. We don't get that. And that's the issue. I love you, MMA Twitter, but we got to keep it warrior-like. We got to keep it respectful. I hated seeing Stipe in all these memes after getting knocked out. Think about what's going through that guy's mind. The greatest UFC heavyweight of all time who's had his spats with the UFC brass and Dana White not gaining his respect, feeling that Daniel Cormier was getting more respect and admiration than he was for doing less. And it's true. It's MMA first. It's not UFC. It's not MMA Twitter. It's mixed martial arts and it's mixed martial artists. And you have to respect the art, the disciplines, and the arts that come with Dustin Poirier is black belt jujitsu, beautiful ground and pound, wonderfully smooth in and out boxing with long, rangy, lengthy strikes, swinging hooks unstoppable will and pure heart to push forward even when his body's telling him to quit he doesn't and on the reverse a man who is known just as a specialist similar to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson or a Damian Maya a guy who is labeled in one lane you're a jiu-jitsu guy you're a jiu-jitsu guy you have to learn wrestling to take your opponent down to strangle them you're the jiu-jitsu guy yes he has all these accolades for jiu-jitsu in the UFC, but Charles Oliveira has developed hands and he looks fantastic against Kevin Lee, Jared Gordon, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler. His art is to demolish the guy in front of him one way or another. And we have to respect the art. And a job that I applied for recently, the UFC is looking for a social media manager And you better believe, I think I could bring a new look to the sport. I think we need to see more of the, the meditation on a mountain, the, the waves, the, the sprinting early in the morning, just the kind of the Rocky images, images that instill goosebumps in you. When you see them, a fighter who's running upstairs, a a guy who's just, hitting a heavy bag with one light over him, a guy who's just sparring like as if it's a fight. We need to see more of the martial arts and less of the, the talk. And 
it actually segues into this weekend's fight. Derek Lewis, who Joe Rogan can't rave enough about his social media page and his presence on the mic. Yeah, he, fantastic skill, knockout power, will, when he's motivated, cardio, when he's motivated. But amazing, fantastic technique when it comes to knockouts and timing. Most knockouts in UFC history, I'm pretty sure. Or tied for that. But he's facing a guy who is through in and throughout trying to live his life like a more more true martial artist. Yeah, they're both martial artists, but a more true martial artist. Mixed martial artist, excuse me. A guy who is refining his sword, his blade to keep it true, his kickboxing. Who has some submissions in his short UFC stint or career. A guy in Cyril Ghan who is the favorite in Vegas. And maybe Vegas should do the, the hype clips and the countdown clips for the UFC and ESPN because they understand the martial artist. They understand his skill and his ability. Who would have thought a guy who just has six UFC fights, granted, he won all six of them, but is only 9-0 and in his pro MMA career. This guy's a favorite in a title fight against Derek Lewis with those crazy hands in Derek Lewis's hometown. Who would have thought, who would have thunk it that he's the favorite? Holy moly. Rewinding it back a little, I just hope the UFC and ESPN can capitalize on Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira before they're going. They've been around in this sport a lot longer than Derek Lewis and a lot longer than Cyril Gaon. And they deserve the respect from the public. And that starts with how they're presented and opportunity. Give them, I'm sure they'll do 20 interviews in two days if you just set up the interviews correctly six, eight, ten weeks before the fight sign. Do the interview now. Just don't make Poirier take off his shirt. If you guys watch Fightville, he loves sweets. So I'm sure he's enjoying a ton of sweets following UFC 264. Don't make him flex. Just interview him. Get to know him. His story needs to be told. Do E60. Do a sit-down interview. Brett Akamoto. Get him to Louisiana. Get him to ATT, Coconut Creek. Arrow Hawani is the creme de la creme of MMA journalism, reporting, and interview. Joe Rogan's fantastic, but Arahuani's craft is the interview. And there's a reason why the most we've gotten out of Conor McGregor is when Arahuani is on the other side, sitting across from him, interviewing him. And it sucks that Ariel had, has left. ESPN, because for obvious reasons, he is the guy covering the sport. Makes sense. But looking at the positives, as you guys just heard, the Baines M MMA and I just spoke about spinning everything into a positive and staying positive. Now that Ariel Hawani has admitted that there was some difficulty while under the ESPN umbrella, 
and that he's better off now, as he calls it, the independent heel money. That will force ESPN to elevate the B team, the tier two people, to step it up. Brent Akimoto, get better. Mark Ramundi, get better. Jeff Wagenheim, Phil Murphy, get better. I know I sound like Jocko Willick, but it's a chance for everybody to get better. And while they're trying to push Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith on us, and I appreciate them trying to learn the UFC extremely fast. Once the deal was signed in May 2018, that ESPN would land with the UFC. Uh, October later that year for UFC 229, Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith were talking more about Conor McGregor and Khabib Namagamadoff, or however they were saying his name. And that was their intro to uh, MMA, basically. And it's, what, two and a half, two and three quarters years later, and they're still hitting bumps. Now, granted, their mind is split in many different directions. But, yeah, they're trying. But it takes years, years of watching every fight night, not just watching every Conor McGregor fight night. So my point is, while Max and Stephen A. are great, Max has boxing history. Stephen A. Smith is kind of uh, equating some of his NBA, NFL, and MLB takes to the fight world. Okay, some of them fit, some of them don't. He's being respectful when he's on the desk with an Anik, uh, a Dominic Cruz, or a, a Bisbing. I get, I, I get it. But they're not ready. They have all their obligations. They're there for box office, the big fights. This is a time for other talent besides Hawani, obviously, because he's not there to step up and fill the gap that was Hawani. And it's their job to nudge the executives. This is what's got to happen. This is how the sport needs to be presented. It's not necessarily about being liked. It's about promoting the fight and then making money. Trust me. You promote it properly and accurately and honestly, that will make more money, is my point. These executives look, well, Ike, uh, that's not, who wants to see waves crashing while Max Holloway is meditating on a rock in Hawaii? Who wants to see that? Everybody who's watching a Bruce Lee, a Jason Statham, a Steven Seagal, a Jackie Chan, a Keanu Reeves movie wants to see that. And that's billions of people. So I'd say a fair amount of people want to watch it. So, again, the headlines that are getting more attention, Sean Strickland fighting Rockhold Rumored. We've heard Rockhold Rumored to fight at MSG before. UFC 268. Uh, for UFC 267, Nate, uh, Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. Uh, Islam Makachev versus Hopfield Dos Anjos. Uh, UFC 267, Cody Garbrandt versus Kai Kara France, a fight night in December. Uh, Paulo Costa versus Marvin Vittori, a fight night in October. Nico Montano is cut from the UFC for not being able to cut weight. Oh, the irony. So while those headlines are fun, and I'll try my best to deep dive and dissect them on Friday, guys, get ready for the fight of the year. This year or next year, it is Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. That, that to me, is the biggest fight. Unless John Jones 
can figure it out with the UFC. And John Jones versus Stipe. That's probably the biggest fight if they book it. John Jones and Francis, bigger fight than Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira, granted. But if John Jones, who put out a tweet, he's going to be a champion next year, we will see. Maybe he's hinting at going back down the line heavyweight. Maybe he's talking about heavyweight. We will see. There's a lot in flux in that heavyweight division. Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira is my – that is official. That's the fight that's next. and. Dustin Poirier, what's great about him and Charles Alvarez, they play ball, and I hope they get what they deserve from the UFC. But, guys, you know what that means? You hear it. It's the outro time. Hope you like my hat. Again, go to UFC.com for your gear. There's some really good prices on some gear. And shout-outs to Long Island Finest Party Rentals for all your local party needs. If you're in Long Island, Westchester, the city, if you want to take a ferry across to Connecticut or Jersey, I'm sure they got you covered. Slushy machines, popcorn machines, cotton candy machines, dance floors, beautiful, big tents, chairs, linen, sidewalls, lights, and a good-looking crew. Go to Long Island Party Rentals. They got you covered. Give them a call. Tell them Ike sent you, and they'll give you a pat on the back. Right, boys and girls? I love you. I'm out of here. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.